You are listening to the Always Alighting Podcast with your host, Ashika. This podcast is dedicated to soulful conversations around self-growth, personal development, and finding alignment. You will hear from guest speakers, experts, and solo episodes from myself as we educate, empower, and inspire you to navigate your own journey of self-growth. Love and light, always aligning listeners, and welcome back. This is your host, Ashika, and you're tuning into Always Aligning, the podcast, episode 15. Today's episode is dedicated to the alignment amongst community, culture, and commerce. When these three elements come together in beautiful harmony and alignment, magic is created. And that is exactly the magic that we uncover in today's episode with co-founder Avni Sarkar of Brand Modi Toys. Modi Toys is a family-owned business that is on a mission to spark curiosity about Indian culture through meaningful toys, games, books, and so much more. This is a very insightful episode for anyone out there that is on their own journey of entrepreneurship, that is maybe a mom or a dad seeking to start their own business, and a conversation loaded with real talk, the balance between motherhood and entrepreneurship and what that really entails, the sacrifices, and what Avni's journey has been like on this ride of Modi Toys. When we taped this episode, Avni was a mom of two with a third just around the corner, There are times in this episode you will hear her referencing um, who is around her, and that was her daughter. So while she was at home preparing for the arrival of her third and still working nonstop, she was also parenting two other children. And that is just a small glimpse of the reality of what work from home culture for moms and entrepreneurs looks like. It means that they are showing up as their best at for their work while also managing a family in real time. I hope this episode serves you, inspires you, and pushes you to go ahead and take that jump and start that business that you've always wanted to do because you will learn as you go and you will figure it out and you never know the influence your company can have just the way Modi Toys has touched upon so many lives. Welcome to Always Aligning of Me. Thanks for being here. I've been a supporter and customer since 2018, I think. It's when I got my first plush baby Ganesh and I just started gifting it to all of the babies in my life. It's such a well-made product and I just love how it brings culture so intimately into our households, truly. But what's captivated me from the very beginning is your gift at storytelling. The way you have built community, the way you're able to tell stories that are so meaningful and impactful is truly, truly special. I believe you come from a marketing background and yeah, I would just love to start there and learn more. Yeah, well, first of all, thanks so much for having me on here, Ashika. Um, So yeah, I come from a marketing background and, you know, I majored in marketing. I pursued marketing with the hopes of someday my dream job back in college was to work for an ad agency and create like these really cool TV ads. Um, And especially, you know, when you think about the Super Bowl for me, I'm not a sports like fanatic by any means, but I will sit down and tolerate the Super Bowl mainly so that I can watch the ad. (laughs) And I loved how there was so much excitement like leading up to the Super Bowl and like after the Super Bowl and people would be talking about the ads. And I don't know, it's one of those things that always has stuck with me. And if you think about ads, TV ads, it's a form of storytelling, right? You have to be able to find a way to compel people to keep their attention for 15 to 30 seconds and tell them why this product is amazing enough for you to think about it after this ad is over and like you watch the next thing that's on your screen and that was my dream job and and I think I guess you can say that you know the this passion for storytelling for wanting to tell people stories whether it's around a product or a person has always just been an innate part of me from very very Mm -hmm. early on 
unfortunately, my career didn't really, um, you know, go according to plan. I ended up in a, in a very different career um, than working for any sort of an ad agency. I was working for B2B companies. So the type of marketing that I was doing was selling to, to other companies, not to like, you know, customers. So it was not direct to consumer marketing at all. And um, basically for the past 15 years, like that's pretty much what my career has always been in. So I was doing marketing, but not the type of marketing that I had always intended to do. Um, and it wasn't really until we started Modi Toys in 2018 that that's really what gave me the opportunity to really, you know, get like my hands dirty with the type of stuff that I felt like I was being held back creatively to do in my professional career. Sure. And I love that full circle moment of bringing what you love to do um, back into your life by way of your own business. Now, I know you come from a family of entrepreneurs, and I'm curious if you ever felt misaligned um, between your corporate role and your corporate career versus uh, being an entrepreneur, like following the footsteps of your family. Um, What did that look like for you? I think I always felt misaligned creatively. Um, you know, like I was just saying that in my in my in my professional day job, I could never really execute on the type of like, creative or fun ideas that I had. I mean, my managers would be like all for it. They're like, "Oh, that's a great idea," but I don't think compliance is going to go for it. But I don't think we really have the budget for sure. it. But I don't think like you know it really like, fits our like overall strategic vision. And I always felt like I was held back creatively. And, you know, yeah, I think coming from a family of entrepreneurs, like seeing my parents, seeing my eldest brother, um, it definitely, I think, subconsciously planted the seeds that, you know what, if they can figure it out, like, so can I. But it's not starting Modi Toys, not something that my brother and I like sat down, like, and like had like a meeting and like, thought through it just something kind of happened organically um but I, I think the fact that my brother also like you know I think similarly he also mm-hmm. felt a, some level of like um discontent um with with his job and he has a consulting um background and I just felt I think misaligned um in not being able to act on a lot of the creative ideas that I had. And like, you know, I, I knew that they were good ideas. It's not like there's like smoke and mirrors. Um, I, I think maybe perhaps like our, maybe my brother and my stars were starting, starting to finally align. And the timing of it all was kind of made sense because we both became parents at the same time. We both had, you know, we were, we were like, we were happy with our jobs because they were bringing home a paycheck. But, you know, it's nothing that we felt like like, you know, we felt passionate about waking up in the morning and like going to work about. So I think in some ways, everything happened exactly when it was meant to. And as a result, um, you know, of of both of us becoming first time parents at the same time, and, um, and the business, you know, luckily taking off um, um, at the speed at which it did, it gave my brother the confidence to to actually quit his full-time job and pursue Motitori's full-time. And whereas for me, um, again, I think maybe this was like some divine timing where I then the following year, like which was last year, I was then laid off from my corporate job. And then I also joined um, my brother in, in pursuing Motitori's full-time. So now we're both in it together, like 100%. That's a lot of divine timing and kismet coming together. So to give a little bit of context, you and your brother became first time parents uh, roughly around the same time. One week apart. One week apart. Yeah. Wow. Which Which is really interesting because my brother and I are actually six years apart. So it's not like, you know, we were like, we were, we grew up, you know, having a close relationship or anything, but the fact that, you know, he ended up having kids, what I guess brown parents would say late in life. Um, and I did too, actually. But it was just, yeah, I, I do think it's really, really odd and ironic that we both, despite our age difference, um, got married around the same time and had kids 
almost around the same time too. Well, literally almost at the same time. I mean, it's a beautiful coincidence. So much joy in the family all at the same time. I'm sure your parents were just over the moon. And um, I believe, you know, it's this time in the story where your brother went out to go buy gifts and stumbled upon a thought, which now, of course, we know today as Modi toys but I'm curious during that exploration phase did you realize that you guys were onto something really big and really interesting or you know was it just kind of a fluke and everything came together no it was definitely a fluke more than you know us having the foresight uh, well, my brother is definitely a, more optimistic and he always uses like, you know, grandiose terms like, I mean, we can be a billion dollar company. And I'm like, well, let's just like focus on being a million dollar company first. But yeah, you know, he, he likes to dream big and I'm like, great, put it out there manifest, right? But um, I, so I will give him credit for having the foresight that I did not at the time because when we, when we were thinking about, you know, our first product was Baby Ganache. And at the time, of course, we didn't really have a name for it, but we can now call it Baby Ganache. And, but the first one that we thought of introducing was Baby Ganache. And obviously for, you know, for, for those who are not Hindu, um, of Hindu faith, you know, the reason why we want to start with Ganesh is because he is the god, the deity of, of new beginnings. Mm-hmm. And like the one that we always worship the first during any like new auspicious occasion. So it just made sense that we would launch with baby with baby Ganesh. And I remember Viral saying at the time, he was like, he was like, Yeah, you know, we can start with baby Ganesh and then we can introduce like Hanuman, Krishna, like there's so many like Hindu deities. And I'm like, nobody's gonna want every single like, you know, like deity like plush toy out there. That's ridiculous. Like people are gonna get like tired of it after a while. And he was like, he was like, No, people would love it. I'm like no, I don't think anyone's going to want the whole collection. Like, that's just, like, too much. And, of course, now, you know, in retrospect, we can look back and see that I was completely wrong. And as a matter of fact, like, people can't get enough. Like, they just want more and more and more. And I'm, I'm really I'm really glad that I was wrong. Um, and it's actually – I'm not just glad that I'm wrong, but I'm glad to see that mm-hmm. – there's just so much excitement around celebrating our faith, right? It's like not the most sexiest thing if you think about it. Like, it's it's actually one of those um, elements of our of our culture of our heritage mm-hmm. that I think is probably at the risk of being lost. You know, like along with language, if you think about it, like these are not like sexy things, easy things like to pass down to the next generation. So the fact that people are really embracing our toys and asking for more mm-hmm. variety, like that is something that I never expected from our generation. Um, but I'm, I'm really happy to see like the, the response. Uh, it's not something that I could have ever imagined. Um, yeah. So yeah, to answer your question, definitely did not have the foresight that my brother had. Um, it was definitely more of a Well, yeah. And to your point, I do see this greater shift happening, a cultural movement almost in ensuring that our culture and traditions are being passed down to the next generation. I'm sure social media has played a huge role in it. And maybe I also have heightened awareness about this because I'm in my 30s. So it's becoming more apparent to me. Um, But I'm curious as someone who is in the space of not just toys and uh, play, but also culture and education. Do you feel the weight of this responsibility of being a brand that educates um, today's parents and helping them pass down the culture to their children? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I feel the weight in, in both um, as in both my roles, both as a mom of, of two kids with one on the way, and also as the co-founder. Um, you know, I'll address the first role first. Um, I mean, the reason why we started Moody Toys is because we felt this pressure ourselves and brother and I. And, you know, we grew up fully immersed in our culture. Like we spoke Gujarati at home and we still do. Like, you know, we grew up eating like our our traditional Thali every day. Um, You know, we would always have like some Indian show on TV. Like that was just our way of life. And it's completely in a single generation. And that's what, and, and this realization would have never occurred to us had we not become parents ourselves. Like, you know, had we not had the responsibility of now raising the next generation and asking ourselves the, the tough questions like, well, how are we going to raise them? How are we going to ensure that, you know, the things that matter to us matter to them as well? Maybe to not the same degree, 
but enough that we feel like we've done our parents proud because, you know, it, it would be a shame for them to leave everything behind in India, come here to give us a better life while still ensuring that, that we feel connected to our roots. And for all of that to be basically like, you know, poof, be gone in a single generation. So, so that's why, that's why we felt the weight of the responsibility once we like held our daughters in our arms. And then once we, started asking around other like other parents other moms around in our in our in our I guess demographic all around the world that's when we realized that we're not alone like we're not the only ones who think that this matters like other people have thought about this as well and perhaps they've already you know gone about it their own way and and how to how to address it but Mm -hmm. but we were met with a lot of encouragement um, and, and, and luckily not as much resistance in, in pursuing our idea. And p- because people were like, yes, like we, I wish I had toys like these, like when my kids were younger or like, oh my God, I can't wait to like, you know, for you to come out with these toys because like I'm due in like X many months. And, and we realized in, in, in sharing our product, our prototype at the time that um, that we're not alone, like that other people, other parents all around the world feel the same sense of responsibility in how they're going to, you know, help raise children who feel proud and appreciative of their dual identities. And so now that we've set on this journey as co-founders of Modi Toys, we feel that it's now our responsibility to really continue creating products that help address the same mission. Um, so, you know, we've done that with baby Ganesh, baby Hanuman, baby Krishna. We're going to be doing that. We're going to be continuing on that mission with Saraswati Devi. And now we're finally pouring into sort of a, a different product mm-hmm. line. We're coming with our first ever musical crib mobile. Um, and it's just really cool to see the, the level of excitement that continue to build. Yeah. It's not like people are getting like, tired and saying oh god this again and if and if if that day ever comes yeah. that's when we'll know that okay we need to like maybe change direction a little bit um because we try to keep our uh, our ears close to the ground and hear what you know customers are saying and and it's really their feedback and their encouragement that really keeps us going well i don't think anyone's getting bored anytime soon so we can be sure of that but you know, it's really interesting. I don't think I personally have ever come across a brand that did stuffed toys in the form of God before Modi Toys. I'm not sure if it was there and if it existed, but at least you were the first brand that I saw that was doing it in this beautiful, aesthetically pleasing way, connecting to their audience while also keeping the product super kid-friendly. As one of the first movers in this space, was there ever a moment of doubt you know, questioning whether this is going to work and you're doing the right thing. I'm always curious when someone is the first to a space and they don't have any concepts or history or, um, you know, any point of reference. What does that experience feel like? You know, um, I think in in our case, not knowing too much is what enables us to take that risk. Mm-hmm. I think if we had really sat down and like created a business plan and like done extensive research of like other plush toys or other, I don't know, South Asian toy companies, I think we probably would have talked ourselves out of, of, of even like launching. And, you know, I, since then I've, I've listened to so many other podcasts featuring other entrepreneurs. And the one thing that I found um, common across all of them is that they I'll kind of go into it blindly. Um, like no one, you know, like the, the guy who who created um, Brooklinen, I think, like those are like the bed sheets. Sure. He doesn't. He didn't have a background in like bed sheets manufacturing. Like he literally went to Vegas and he loved the the sheets that he slept on in his hotel room. And he was like, I want to create like a cheaper version of of this quality. And so he set out set out on his journey, and that's like you know like there's so many stories like that. I mean, like mm-hmm. the Jennifer, the founder of Away, didn't have any background in like luggage and suitcases, but like here she is, you know, like on on making a mark for herself, like built a like I think a billion dollar business in, in a matter of five years. So I think stories like those just go to reinforce the fact that like it's okay to be 
whether you're first mover or not is not really, I think, the point. It's just having enough conviction in yourself that that you'll figure it out as you go um, and that you're not going to have all the answers. I mean, it's impossible to, right? Because like you don't like have the background. My last name is Amatel. It's not Hasbro. I don't come from the toy manufacturing industry. Um, but kind of what I alluded to earlier, having parents, having an older brother who who started small businesses of their own without having any sort of background in those businesses um, gave us, gave me and my brother the confidence that, you know, what if they can figure it out and, and make it this far in life? Like, I think, I think we can do this. So, yeah, I mean, we, again, I, I go back to the fact that not knowing all the answers is I think what probably allowed us to really set out on this journey because if we knew too much, we probably may not have gotten started. Mm. You know, there is a certain amount of confidence with which you speak with and as you alluded to, conviction. So I'm curious to learn this confidence and conviction. Is it something you actively cultivated, maybe even more so after your foray into entrepreneurship? Or do you think these traits you were raised with, that then gave you the courage to go jump ship and become an amazing entrepreneur? Um, that's a good question. I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's like the chicken or the egg. Um, you know, we, my brother and I, we didn't take a massive risk when we got started, at least like in my eyes, I don't think it was a massive risk. We started with like a seed capital of like $25,000, um, which to us felt, um, I guess, reasonable enough that, you know, if we didn't recoup all of that money back, we would have been okay saying that, you know what, it was um, a worthwhile effort. We tried our level best and this is how far we got like so be it like and you know chapter closed but I think like that's where you have to kind of ask yourself like like where can you where, where can you draw the line like what is your risk tolerance level and for, for again keep in mind at the time both my brother and I we you know we had full-time jobs like we were like okay well this doesn't work out like we can always go back to our full-time job sure. and I think I think the stakes weren't raised until until Viral actually quit his full-time job and he put, he went all in on Modi Toys. And that's when we were like, okay, we believe in ourselves enough to take a risk on ourselves because now this is our bread and butter, right? There is no fallback. There is no plan B. And the same thing with me when I also like followed suit and I, I, I left my, my well-paying corporate job and I was like, all right, well, like I'm not drawing a salary right now, but I, I'm, I have enough conviction that, you know, if I put in the work for the next few years, like eventually down the road, I'll be able to reap um, the, the fruits of my labor. And I always like to draw the analogy of like, you know, when someone is pursuing medicine, they spend years and years and years, right, going mm-hmm. through like medical school and residency, and they're like working around the clock, not being compensated, you know, fairly for all those years. But then eventually they get to a point where where all their hard work pays off. So that's kind of like what I like to that's the mentality I like to keep that that, you know, we've seen that people obviously love our products and the fact that our business has grown continuously year over year. It demonstrates that we have a good product. And the two things that really I think um uh, the two factors that contribute to the success of a company it really is is products and people and and by people i mean you know the founders behind it like mm-hmm. what's their vision what's their strategy what's their execution like and now that we've proven the product has a great market fit it really just comes down to like you know my brother and i staying on our path and making sure that we continue to uh, focus on our strengths. My brother and I have very, very different strengths. So I come from a marketing background, as I mentioned, and then he comes from more of an operational background. So um, the good thing is that, you know, rarely do we step on each other's toes Mm -hmm. uh, because we're just, we're just the experts in what we do. Like I, I could not do his job the well as he does, and he could not do my job the well as I do it. And, and I think the fact that, you know, we've continued to um, 
make the company stronger, become stronger in our respective roles is what has continued to fuel our confidence. Um, because for a long time, at least I can't speak for Viral, but at least like for a long time, like, you know, I did have an imposter syndrome and I continued to have it to this day. Like, you know, it comes out in, in, in bits and pieces, but I think now, you know, being recognized by others um, in a light that I never viewed myself, mm -hmm. I think has given kind of built, helped me build that confidence that, wait a minute, like, I mean, like, you don't need to like sell yourself short. Like people, people obviously see something of value in the company and the brand that you've built. So, so it, it's not an easy thing to do. Um, so don't sell yourself short because if it were easy, there'd be a lot more people doing, you know, doing exactly what you were doing or having built what you've built. So, so it's, it's a little bit, of, it's been a little bit of both for sure. Yeah. Imposter syndrome is so personal to me and so close to me because it's something I've continued to struggle with. And I will never forget. I mentioned it to my husband once and his response was, what's that? I mean, I was blown away. I was like, what, what do you mean? What's that? Haven't you ever heard about this concept and and he was like no and we started to talk about it and we just realized like a lot of men have no clue what imposter syndrome is because they've never experienced it but for many women imposter syndrome is our reality it's just it's just something that's rooted in us that takes a lot of conscious uh unconditioning and doing the work to really get out of our system yeah, I think it's just like how society has conditioned women to think. Um, I, I think I even read some like stats somewhere or an article how men continuously or consistently apply for jobs for which they're underqualified, whereas women only apply for jobs when they feel like they've checked off like nine out of the 10 boxes in like the job qualifications. Absolutely. It's definitely something that has been imposed upon us by the conditioning of society. And there's so much work to be done there on that front. But in the meantime, it's amazing to have strong, successful entrepreneurs like yourself be so vulnerable and share so openly and say, hey, I set off to build a company. I'm not a toy waker. I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew that I can figure it out. And I think it is these honest and vulnerable conversations that can push the needle and continue to inspire the next generation of women who hopefully never get familiar with this concept of imposter syndrome, right? Yeah, I, I really think it's a work in progress, at least for me. Um, you know, can I go up in, um, on stage in front of like, you know, like five, thousand people and like speak with complete confidence like no of course not but um but again like I have to keep reminding myself and it's like it's, it's a daily task as well that I've I've earned this place now where I'm at um I've been in this business for three years now almost and and you know our numbers speak for itself um the stories we've heard speak for itself so this isn't just like smoke and mirrors like this is like not me trying to like push a story to the media and say like hey like pay attention to me it's like the media saying like to me like yeah like like we want to have to hear what you have to say so mm -hmm. so I think you have to give yourself time too like that's the other thing like I should mention that um you know like two years ago um you know trying to to be on the Forbes list or be on their panel session like was never something I even imagined like I, I was like not even remotely thinking about that because I was, I felt like we still had a lot to prove to ourselves like as a brand, as the founders. Um, so I think you have to also give yourself su sufficient time to make sure that you're focused on the right things at the right time. And so for me, it was really important to um, first just build social proof, make sure that enough people like the consumers actually believe in our products forget what the media has to say but like i want to hear what like the, the actual people who we are targeting have to say sure and, and and it wasn't until i started like hearing this this like groundswell um and i saw like this almost this movement happening where it wasn't really just the kids whose lives we were touching but it was like the adults you know like of people of all ages like people in their like 30s going through IVF or like people in their 
in their old age, like, you know, on their deathbed or people undergoing chemotherapy, like just the types of situations and scenarios that I could have never imagined back in 2018 when my brother and I were just tinkering with this idea. And, and I think it's after, after we had sort of, you know, seen the impact that we were making as a brand that's when I felt like, well, wait, like we, these stories need to be like shared on a much wider platform. And that's when, you know, press became a priority for me this year. And, 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 you know, now that um, Modi Toys is becoming more, um, uh, more publicly, um, people are beginning to uh, recognize more publicly, thanks to the media um, press coverage we received, I, I feel that okay, you know, it's justified. Like it's it's not just um, us trying to to shout from the rooftops, um, hoping that people pay attention to us. Like I'm, I want people to pay attention because we have stories worth telling. Bring home the magic of Modi Toys this holiday season. Modi Toys make beautiful plush toys and books that spark curiosity of culture in your children. I have gifted Modi Toys to so many children amongst my friends and family and it's always so well loved. You can even personalize them now. Cult favorites include Baby Ganesh, Baby Hanuman, and Baby Krishna. And just next week, they have Saraswati Devi coming out as well. Check out ModiToys.com and use code AAPOD15 for 15 15% off your next purchase of 110 or more. Sure. And speaking of stories, I mean, you have done a phenomenal job of bringing in together community, culture, and commerce through the art of storytelling. I know Modi Toys is known as the plush toy brands, but for me, in my eyes, I always see you first as a channel of storytelling where it's heart-centered, it's educational, you know, it's entertaining, um, and deeply, deeply comforting. You have created such a safe space for people to share their stories of hope, of loss, of healing. And I'm interested to learn how you manage these emotional boundaries that you then as the facilitator, as the space holder, storyteller, and also the human behind the account that then is responding to these messages come through. Um, it's a very interesting intersection Um and a multifaceted situation. So I'm curious, how do you manage that delicate balance? Yeah. Um, you know, I have to really credit the, the community for lack of a better word. And when I say community, I, um, I feel like it almost like anonymizes all the people I've spoken to. And I don't want to treat them like just one big mass of group of people, but like individuals, right? And I really have to credit, I guess, like the individuals who initially started reaching out to me back in 2018, like when we were just getting started. And um, and it was really those people who who opened up to me. Again, mind you, like we were maybe a month or two months into our, our business, like having officially launched. And I, I felt I, I felt really humble by the fact that, you know, here's a stranger reaching out to me uh, and, 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 and sharing something really deep um, with me. And uh, I felt that it was almost my duty to, to open up in a similar manner. And, and of course, like, I don't mean just like by DM, but like open up on a more public platform. And, you know, by that, I mean like really our Modi Toys account and, and it's, it's really because I kept hearing stories um, of, of, of hope, really. I think that was like the recurring theme that I was hearing in my DMs. Like people would reach out to me and say that, hey, I really want to buy this plush toy for my wife um, because we've been trying for several years and I just wanted to, you know, surprise her uh, because I know that it would provide a lot of um, like a security and hope for her. And, and that's when I started like just being kind of blown away by the fact that like, wow, like I hadn't even thought about, you know, a husband buying it for his wife. Mm -hmm. I thought like, I always imagined a scenario being like a mom buying it for her, like newborns or her, her, her little kids. And, and, and I think because of, again, just the, 
of the of the cards that I was dealt in my personal life, um, where I needed you know a sense of hope myself, um, and I'm referring to the miscarriage I had back in 2019. I felt that. I, I get it. Like I, I get now why people sometimes feel more comfortable, like almost turning to a, a stranger um, who happens to be providing products that that help inspire hope and sharing these stories. And so I, it's because I had heard so many stories like those leading up to when I had my miscarriage that I felt, I think, comfortable enough in coming out and sharing with others that hey like i get it like i get now what you guys have been talking about mm -hmm. because like now i am in your shoes as well and i'm no different and i think ultimately what you have to remember is that people buy from people mm -hmm. like, they don't they're not buying from a company i mean you are but like you're you're really buying from someone who has put their heart and soul and sweat and tears into creating this product into building this brand into building the infrastructure to to ship you a product that you're buying um, and, and all of that kind of, I think gets lost when, when, when you become like, you know, the size of like Amazon yeah. in the world. Um, but we're not there. Um, we are still very much a family owned business. We have a team of like maybe five people and, um, you know, I still work from home in my shorts. <laughs> so we are at a, we're at a position where, you know, we have the, the liberty to really, connect with people on a one-to-one -one basis. Um, and, 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 you know, I am, I think in a state, um, uh, in a stage of life right now where I can really relate to a lot of people, a lot of the struggles that people are going with, like I am juggling, you know, motherhood and entrepreneurship and like trying to figure it out as I go. Um, and a lot of the people that, um, follow us, um, in our community, are kind of on the same page. Perhaps they don't have their own small business, but they have little kids, or perhaps they've had a miscarriage of their own, or perhaps they lost a loved one. Sure. Whatever the case may be, like, I think we found some way to connect um, on some level that that allows people to, to open up. Um, and if it's not my story that I'm sharing, even if it's someone else's story that I've shared, people see that, oh, okay, that actually makes me feel better, that I'm not the only one who, you know, had a rainbow baby after five years of trying, or I'm not the only one who has to take care of a loved one who's undergoing chemotherapy. I'm not the only one, like, fill in the blank. And ultimately, that's, I think, what really drives human connection. It's knowing that you're not alone. Sure. Um, that there are other people out there who we've never met, probably never will meet, but we all have something in common. And, and I think hope is such a powerful drug. Um, and the fact that people have kind of um, uh, projected that hope in our toys is, is such a beautiful thing. And, and that's what has kind of built like this, this community. The fact that um, we all look for hope, whether we're looking for a better job, looking to grow our family, um, you know, hoping to, to beat cancer. Hope is that underlying thread across all these different scenarios. And the fact that we have products that essentially symbolize hope and, and luck is, is what really has brought everyone together. So that's what I try to keep in mind. Um, again, I think whether it's you or your customers, we can all relate to that. So so now, um, the now that I've become a little bit more, I guess, cognizant of the fact that we all have these stories, like, um, I just kind of, you know, keep my ears out for, for them. Um, I, I never go soliciting stories, but um, just the fact that I've, I've created a safe haven, as I like to call it, um, a place where people feel really comfortable opening up, like, that's the best thing that I can do. Um, and, and again, like I don't have like a social media like assistant or like, a, like a, an agency or anything. Like I'm in the DMs myself, so the the responses that I'm able to get to, um, they're they're always they're always authentic. It's not like anything like it's not a canned response. Like I, and if someone like writes me a really long message, I actually keep the message unread until I can until I can um, yeah. sit down and like really read it properly because I don't want to kind of gloss over it and like, you know, say something really short handed 
and then have it be misconstrued. Um, so, so you know, you have to, I think, um, put the time in to um, one make sh- like make sure you're treating your the people reach out to you like people, right? Because they're looking at you as a person and they're not a brand. So, um, ultimately, people I think connect with people not based on their relationship, but based on their shared experiences. Um, and and what I mean by that is like you know when I had my miscarriage, I felt so much better and comfortable talking to other women who had who had gone through that experience, who had a DNC, as opposed to talking to my own best friends about it, because my best friends couldn't really relate. And I just didn't really feel as comfortable opening up to them about it, because, well, one, they had never, um, you know, had a miscarriage. And on top of that, they had not had a, a DNC um, as a result And for of those it. who don't know what that means, it means do not conceive. Yeah, and it's it's essentially an outpatient surgery you have um, to to extract any remnants, um, and you know I, I I it was my first time experiencing anything like that. So um, I just you know even though like these best friends are are, are women I've known for over twenty five years, um, I felt so much more at ease talking to strangers who were in my DM who were telling me about their experiences and like you know how they felt afterwards and. And, you know, their success stories and their rainbow baby stories and stuff. So, again, like, I think sometimes, like, um, the relationships you hold don't matter as much as the experiences that you guys share together in in building community. Definitely. And you have built such a beautiful, safe space that is so enjoyable for the community. As someone that's been following you for a while, you know, I've loved seeing the community grow, the comments, the stories, the cute, cute, adorable baby pictures. And it's like, yeah, come for the cute pictures and the education, but really stay for the community because it is so heartfelt and welcoming. You talked about the delicate balance between motherhood and entrepreneurship. What is the hardest part of being a mom to two with a third on the way and being an entrepreneur? Um, I think it's the fact that they both require so much of you. Um, um, You know, motherhood really forces you to slow down because you are not in charge. You're not in control. I mean, certain things you can control, like I can control when my daughter takes a nap. I can, I can perhaps control like what my daughter watches on TV, but like I can prepare a meal and like they can decide they don't want to eat it that day. Um, and, and, you know, then that caused the domino effects of like other things. But, you know, with motherhood, you are really at the mercy of your children's mood a lot of the times. Um, and children really do thrive in, inconsistency and routine so I try to build that with my younger daughter I learned that lesson with my first one who does not have any sort of routine so I've struggled a lot now raising them together because one who's on like a routine the other one who's not Um, (laughs) but you know with entrepreneurship it's at the complete other end of the spectrum right because with entrepreneurship you constantly feel like am I doing enough like have I done like all the marketing things I did all the PR things I did all operational things like there's like a, a a, a, a never-ending list of things that you can do to continually optimize your business and to ensure that you're squeezing, you know, every possible savings, every possible, like, sale um, every single day. And when you have a really small team and you have limited resources, you know, a lot of the onus falls on you. So I have I have a running list of, like, personal things to, have to get done, like and work-related things I have to get done. And every day I'm like, okay, well, which one is going to take priority today? Which one cannot wait? Which one is really, really time sensitive? And um, that's the biggest thing that I've, I've been struggling with, um, especially in the past um, few months as, you know, I, I get closer to my due date, but we also are getting closer to the launch of our next product, Sarah's with a baby. And, um, and it's, it's something that I struggle with on a daily basis. Like, you know, some days I know that I'm going to have to um, just prioritize being a mom because I literally don't have the help to have anyone watch them. So, like, I know that my work list is just going to have to, unfortunately, you know, wait, take the back seat. But what I do try to do, um, to be realistic, is I try to um, prioritize one important task a day. 
whether it's making sure I get this email sent out to an editor or to our manufacturer or, you know, what have you, or it's making sure that I, I schedule um, the doctor's appointment that I need to for me or for the kids. So I try to focus on the fact that there is one thing that needs to get done every single day. Uh, <laughs> and they're just my daughter. Um, and, 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 and I try to have become, I've tried to become a lot more realistic in, um, in what I can get done during this like stage that I'm in right now, um, where I have limited support in, in both aspects, but I've started outsourcing at least like for work. Um, I've, I've brought on an agency to help, help with our website management, um, our, our press, um, I, I've brought on a part-time intern. I'm hoping to, you know, find someone more full-time. So I've, I've been, I've been seeking help because I realized that, you know, when you are like a one-man show, like I am the marketing team, um, it's not sustainable. Like, you know, especially if I'm going to be out on maternity leave for however many weeks and whatever that even ends up looking like now, right. As a, as a full-time entrepreneur. Um, I want to make sure that just because I'm not working, that the work stops. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to build a village around me, not just um, in my personal life and in, in my home, but also professionally speaking. Um, so I'm, I'm making sure that I, I've hired a nanny um, so that, you know, the kids are taken care of and that um, and that I've also have help. Um, at work. And did you have this village or some sort of a village set up while you were launching your business as well? Um, personally, yes. I, I mean, I, the only childcare I've, I've had really are it's two forms. Is one, it's I've had my in-laws and my mom. Um, they both come over um, on alternating days um, to help out with the kids. But my older daughter, she has been going to school full time for the past two years. Um, and, and, you know, after her, her little sister was born last year, um, again, you know, my in-laws, my mom have been really, um, instrumental in just making sure that they're, they're full time to provide help. Um, but, you know, part of that, mm -hmm. I was working nine to five job, um, out of home. So, uh, again, I've, I've always had the support of, my, of the grandparents to help watch my daughter. Um, and, and now both of them, but now that we are going to have three kids, um, my husband and I have come to the realization that, um, we really need to retire our parents from this job. It's, it's not really for them. I mean, we can barely keep up with our kids that I can imagine taking a bunch of 70 year olds to do that. So, um, so I've, yeah, I've, I've actually luckily, um, found a nanny. Um, she hasn't started yet, but I'm, I'm hoping that things really work out. Um, and, and yeah, um, I wouldn't have been able to do it without their support, um, truly, um, because, you know, just knowing that it's like, like, I don't have to worry about like cooking dinner or like even grocery shopping, doing the dishes. Like, you know, if I come home like late from night, like came, come home late um, at night from work, uh, just certain things that typically fall, um, you know, um, in, in the hands of, of a mom. Um, are taken care of. So, you know, at, back when I was working my nine to five job, um, you know, the only time I would be able to carve out for Modi toys would literally be, literally be when I'm commuting um, to or from work or like after my daughter went to sleep. And, and that was like the time that I had. And now that I've switched to, you know, focusing Modi toys full time, it's been, again, like me just having to figure out my, uh, when I can get work done around like when my, my daughters are napping or when they're in school or right now they're out of school. Um, <laughs> um, again, it, it, it takes a little bit more um, planning. Like maybe, you know, I don't have a nine to five um, schedule anymore. Like yesterday I got a lot of emails done because yesterday was a Sunday. Um, I got a lot of emails done because my husband was able to take my older daughter to Home Depot and um, my younger daughter uh, took a long three hour nap. So, you know, th that's just how things go right now. Um, and the only reason I should actually emphasize this fact that I'm even able to to forget that I'm able to manage the fact that our company is up and running is because my brother, like he is the biggest village that I have. Um, and um, and his role is really to 
uh, maintain the operations and day-to-day functions of our business, like the back end, like the, the engine that keeps the business running, um, we're able to you know, continue growing the business when I'm physically unable to do so. Um, and if it really hadn't been for him, like we would not have um, reached the scale we've reached um, in the time that we have reached. Because if I was doing everything, I would have to put like literally work on, on the back burner or I would have to hire professional childcare help much earlier on than I was forced to now. Sure. Um, but it's one thing that I stress to a lot of other um, entrepreneurs that if you are in a position where you can find a, a, a co-founder that you can trust implicitly, that would be my biggest advice um, to do so because no single person has every single skill set that they need, right? It's just not possible. Um, you can, of course, yeah. obtain those skills, but it's going to take some time. Um, you're not going to get there overnight. Um, so the fact that, you know, I have a brother who is in the office daily, you know, overseeing the fulfillment team and like talking to FedEx and like ha- having these important meetings with the manufacturers and like literally flying out to China, India, like wherever, you know, the, the job takes him, he's able to do so. Whereas I'm not able to, because of, you know, just the, the life stages that I'm going through right now. Um, and also just because of the roles that we play in the company, um, that has, he is like the biggest support system that I have that I think sometimes goes unrecognized because when you think about village, we think about like childcare health and, you know, the people that you hire, but you forget about the people that have already helped you build the company from day one. Yeah, sure. Shout out to Vero. Yeah, shout out to Vero. I want to know, we often hear of the wins and successes of entrepreneurs, but we don't often hear of the sacrifices made. What is something that you have had to consistently perhaps sacrifice in this journey? What is the cost of entrepreneurship that we don't see? Um, Well, since the listeners can't see me, but you can see me, I've had to sacrifice some self-care there. It's a days that I just don't get to, you know, like even shower um, just because like I I'm busy with the kids and like, I don't have a moment to myself, um, especially because I have a little one who wakes up the same time that I wake up. And anyway, um, so it's little things like that. Um, I've, I've I've had to, I think, sacrifice. um, uh, I would say, I don't know. um, I I don't know if there's a word for it, but like, just um like things in like my my married life i would say like you know we've um you know like i think like when my husband comes home from work i think he would like i i think he would like for us to like sit down and like you know enjoy like a tv show together maybe like a glass of wine if i wasn't pregnant or whatever um and and he's not Mm -hmm. he's a he's a man of few words so he'll never actually admit this but like you know he I'm like, like every time when he comes home and he comes home pretty late every day, like I'll be like on my laptop because like, that's like the one time I've had to finally like, sit down and like do some in- uninterrupted work. And, and, you know, even on weekends sometimes, like that's when I can squeeze time because again, like my husband's home so he can like watch the kids while I can like, you know, squeeze some emails in or whatever. And I, I feel like I'm just constantly like thinking about, okay, when can I squeeze some time in to get some work done? Because I don't have the, the privilege that he does in like having a long chunk of time to, you know, do work in the office. Like I have to find those, those times around my kids' schedules and stuff. So unfortunately there has been a lot of that um, conflicting times where like my kids are like, you know, put away to bed or whatever, but like, now my husband's home, but like now I have time to do work or, or what, what, what have you. And, and I think um, sometimes like the times we would have used like to go out, like do social things, like maybe have a date night, you know, if we had like someone to watch our kids or like even just go out and like enjoy like the nice weather now that things are opening back up again. I feel like I have deprioritized like socialization, um, I forget with friends, like even like with my own husband um, as a result, because I'm just like, oh my God, like now I have time. Like I'm excited like to be able to get, do work. Um, so I, it's a small price I feel I have, I have to pay um, right now. But again, I, I'm hoping that 
that is just it's just a stage in life right now. Um, you know, our kids are young and we're enjoying the time at home um, as a result of the fact that, you know, um, the fact that like I'm not able to just get out. Well, first it was because of the pandemic, and and then it was because um, our our daughter was like still so young, um, and now it's just because I'm I'm busy um, just trying to catch up on work that I'm not able to get done during the day. Yeah, startup life and entrepreneurship life, it always looks so sexy and glamorous, but the truth is it's anything far from, right? A lot of sleepless nights and long days and sacrifices. And it sounds like you have a very loving family on both sides, your your parents and your in-laws to be that village and to support you. But it's, it's still a very, very difficult journey and one that does require sacrifices. And I think it all comes down to a choice. You know, maybe you're making choices in every season of your life or every day of your life, but there is some sort of a choice because it's just impossible to do it all, all the time. Yeah. And also I think it's um, worth mentioning um, it just in complete transparency. I won't go too deep into it, but you know, um, even with the support that I have from my husband, from my in-laws, it's not, it hasn't always been met with our resistance. This right? is your host, um, Ashika, and you are listening to Always Aligning, the podcast. You sure you if you liked what this, you like, heard, please like consider sharing the episode with sure a friend, rating and reviewing on sure Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify as well, and you can like, subscribe there too. Do, if you would like to learn a little bit more about me, you can check me out on ashika.com, website link in the show notes. As a life coach, I offer one-on-one services as well as group services. My first group program focused on the South Asian female seeking to be supported through her journey of self-growth begins early October. If you are in the season of bringing manifestations to your life, expanding your self-growth journey and seek a safe space container to be surrounded by women on the similar wavelength and looking to be supported, this is the space for you. You can email me at helloatashka.com, DM me on Instagram, find me on my website. Thank you so much for being here and we will be back. Back um, next week with another episode of Always Aligning. The, the career that I've chosen, where it's kind of unstable, um, it, it's 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 a lot for them to handle because you know my husband um, when we got married five years ago, Moi Choice obviously was nowhere on the radar, and um, and he thought that I was gonna you know obviously continue having a job, but he thought that, you know, for me, motherhood was always going to be top priority. And, um, and now that he's seen the dynamic shift a little bit for me, um, you know, we've had to have conversations that I don't think he ever anticipated having, or that I obviously didn't anticipate having either. But, you know, we've had to have those difficult conversations of like, okay, well, you know, how are you going to like now continue prioritizing motherhood? Because like that is what, you know, he feels important for, for our family, but he also understands, um, the growth trajectory that we've been on for Moe Toy. So, you know, he's trying to be supportive in the best way that he can, but, um, these are conversations that, you know, that you, you really need to have as a family, um, before you, you pursue on this path, because like I said, again, I have the, um, I'm, I'm really blessed to have a brother, um, as the co-founder who can really take on a big chunk of the weight of the responsibility to allow me to, to be more of a more present with my children. Cause if, if I didn't have that, um, I don't know how things would have been balanced as much. Mm, I really appreciate you bringing that up because, you know, to your point, this is not your world. This was not your world when you got married and things changed and that's, that's a big reality of life that things change. I mean, for myself, you know, for example, I was not a podcaster when I got married and there's been a resetting of expectations now. And I think this is a conversation that many households have gone through, especially, you know, given the year that we've had. I mean, it's the great resignation right now. So there are more people ever than before evaluating what is their dharma? What is their purpose in life? You know, um, what what are they really here to do? And it's definitely an important conversation to have with yourself. 
But this is the joy of sharing life and sharing that in the container of marriage. Two people come together with a shared value system, embark on this journey of life, and then life just kind of does its thing. And, you know, many times it is going to change. It is going to be different than what you signed up with. And hopefully both people can, you know, work through it together and enjoy that journey. And yes, while the aim is to grow together, you know, you also want to grow individually, right? And your individual journey is yours alone and special. So I really appreciate you bringing this up because I think it's a conversation that our community does not have enough. And definitely an important one. Absolutely. And and I think it really helps to have um, um, open conversations, um, frequent conversations, um, because again, you know, you're, you're, um, both aspects of your life are going to continue to evolve. I mean, we didn't anticipate having a third baby, but here we are. Um, you know, he, I, I don't think he, we anticipated our business, um, you know, taking off the way it did. So we, we're just kind of seeing how things go and figuring it out as we go too. But, um, but, um, I, I think you just have to, um, continue ensuring that you guys are, um, I think aligned in that, um, you know, what it is that you're hoping to achieve at the end of the day. And one of the biggest ironies that I face now is that my daughter is the one who encouraged me to become an entrepreneur, right? I mean, I became an entrepreneur because I entered motherhood or parenthood, but, um, because of, because of entrepreneurship, motherhood is the one aspect of life where now I feel like I've had to kind of scale back on. And it's, it's, it's an interesting, Mm. um, dichotomy because, um, I feel like I'm so focused on, on getting our toys out in the hands of other children that I'm like neglecting my own children at times um, in, in, mm-hmm. in the effort to do so. And, and I don't know if anyone else like kind of sees it the way I see it, but yeah, I mean, it's just been, it's been such an irony for me that I feel like in, in an effort to get our toys out in the hands of like more children, I've neglected my own children um, in, in doing so. But you know, I like to remind myself that growing up, um, because my parents um, immigrated here when we were so young and they had no choice but to make ends meet, they had to, they were kind of forced to neglect us too because they were busy working like three jobs around the clock. <laughs> and I think in some ways um, we're kind of on the same boat, except, you know, we're not we're not struggling to make ends meet, but we're just struggling to make sure that we're building a, a strong enough foundation for our business. Um, that if we work hard enough now, we can, you know, relax a little bit later on. But as a result, I feel like I'm also ne- neglecting my children the way that our parents were forced to neglect me and my brothers when we were growing up. But, you know, we turned out fine. Like we knew that our parents loved us. We knew that they were doing important work mm-hmm. while they were away from us. So, I'm hoping that that's the same kind of understanding that my kids grow up with, that just because, you know, mommy is not with them um, 24-7 or even like five days a week or whatever have you, um, I'm, I'm away because I'm, I'm doing something really for the family um, and for other families too in a way, right? But, um, but really, um, I'm doing this for the greater good. I think that's a great message for us to wrap up the show because there is so much pressure today than, again, ever before to be the perfect mom that makes, you know, that packs the perfect lunch in like the cutest way and and their kids are dressed from, you know, to the nines and they're playing with all of these engaging toys, but never watching TV and like going to sleep on. I mean, it's it's a lot, right? It's militant. And again, I'm not a mom, so I can't really fully comment on it, but I do see the pressures that my friends are going through. But I grew up in the back store of my parents' store. You know, they had the same thing. They moved during 1987. They had all these jobs. They hustled. My parents actually had to send me back to India for a year because most of my mom's paycheck was going to a babysitter and it wasn't making sense for them. So for one year, I think from the age of two to three, I was away from my mom. when I think about it, I'm like, oh my God, that must have been so hard for my mom to like let go of her baby. But, you know, and she tells me, she's like, I just worked every waking hour because I needed to bring you back. But then when I came back, you know, they 
God bless them. They worked hard enough, bought a store, their convenience store. And I grew up in the back store, you know, in the back office of the store. And I used to come out and steal all these candies and I got all these cavities. <laughs> and like, yeah, you could say, oh, my God, my parents were negligent. They weren't watching me every minute, but like they were hustling. They were giving me a better life. And that's why I can sit here and, you know, in the land of freedom and and have the life that I do. So, yeah, it's it's a great message for um, you know, aspiring entrepreneurs that are also moms or want to be moms or even dads for that matter, that it's okay, you know, give yourself the grace that you're, you're going to do the best that you can. And your kids are probably going to end up being just fine. If anything, they'll probably end up more than fine because they saw their mom being that as boss. <laughs> that's, that's the hope. That's the hope. <laughs> um, I mean, especially now with a work from home environment, right? I mean, it's like they're, kids aren't going to be accompanying you to the back of your store, but it's kind of the same, same understanding, right? That they see that the work that you're doing, granted, most of it is all like digital these days, but I hope that, um, like you said, I hope that this new dynamic that we're all finding ourselves in, um, we remember to give ourselves grace that we are all doing our, our very best, um, as moms, as, as, as employees, whatever million hats that we wear um and um and we'll get through it day by day you are listening to always aligning with ashika the podcast as always if you enjoyed what you heard don't forget to subscribe rate and review on apple podcast and please share it with a friend the best way to get this show out there in the world is through you my friends and dear listener your word of mouth and your sharing it with your community means the world to me also don't forget to check out modi toys on instagram and on the internet it's modi toys on instagram www.modi toys on the internet they make for adorable holiday gifts so with diwali and christmas around the corner uh give them a look i have included a promo code in the show notes i will see you next week for another episode of always aligning